Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash cxpodcast, all one word. Because what's happening is with a monthly pricing, you're essentially reminding that person every single month that they're being charged and you're having them make 12 decisions. If they're going to stick around for a year, it's like, do I still want this? Do I still want this? Am I still getting value from this? Instead of just having them make one decision on day one, is this the outcome that you want? Is this the transformation that you want? And do you believe that me and my program can help you get there? And if the answer is yes, then let's commit and sign up and get on that journey. Oh my gosh. Welcome back to another episode of the Community Experience Podcast with myself, Jillian. I'm your hostess with the mostest. And I just had the most fun talking to Jordan Godby, who, if you don't know, he's the official Circle App guy. And his company is growthcommunity.co.co. And he's one of the first people I ever heard use the term community powered courses. And I was immediately envious because I was like, wait a minute, I do that. That's what I've been working on. But then, you know, getting to know him via Twitter and the internet and whatnot immediately was like, this guy's awesome. So had to have him on the show. And I was right. He's hilarious. He's amazing. We have such an in-depth conversation about what even is a community powered course and like how important that is. And just the changing market of online courses and communities and how this is the best thing ever. And we're totally not biased. So stick around. Listen to my interview with Jordan right now on the Community Experience Podcast. All right, I am so excited to get this interview started with my new friend, Jordan Godby. And Jordan does a little thing called Community Powered Courses. That is his jam. And actually, Jordan, you are the first person I think I heard actually use the term Community Powered Courses because I remember seeing it on Twitter and was like, that's what we've been saying. Like, where does this term come from? And so I kind of got to know you there. You're a circle expert. Tell us your story, Jordan. Who are you? Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Excited to be here. Of course. So who am I? I've done a lot of things. And most recently now, I am a circle expert. And I work with coaches and course creators to help them create transformational learning communities. I really fell in love with courses over the last five years or so. Let me take you back to the beginning and and let you know kind of how I got here. Let's go in the Wayback Machine. Yes. (laughs) So growing up, I was always kind of the the IT kid, the, the technology guy, and just loved building computers. I was the kid that delivered my mom a printout of all of the exact parts and components that I needed for Christmas. And it's like, you need to buy every <laughs> single thing on this list, please. Nothing missing and no different pieces. So I could build my own computer so that I could, of course, play the best video games and, and beat everyone online. And it was Counter-Strike back in the day. 
And what's funny is I was just reflecting on it and we had communities back then, even though no one ever thought of them that way, but we had IRC channels. If you remember IRC or know what that is, it was like super old school, like chat rooms, basically the discord people out there will know what I'm talking about. And that's how you found different teams and people to play with. And so I thought that that was so cool that anyone with a a computer could build a server And then I learned how to copy and paste a bunch of HTML and CSS and make a website out of my bedroom, which I thought was mind blowing that they just let anybody do this thing. And just being exposed to the internet as a, you know, kind of a young, like a teenager growing up and and realizing how powerful it was, was incredible. I just, it was, yeah, really mind blowing. Couldn't get enough of it. And so then time to go off to college. And of course I majored in computer science, right? No. (laughs) So I majored in French, much to my parents' chagrin, and they're like, (laughs) what are you talking about? How are you going to major in French? Exactly. That's what my dad said. Yeah, I think part of it was I have a bit of a rebellious streak in me, and I knew that the, the, the logical thing to do would be keep going in computers. But I had learned so much of it on my own, almost all of it on my own, and just with other people and the internet. And I really became a self-learner and it became really easy for me. So I didn't want to spend all that money to maybe relearn a lot of the stuff that I'd already learned. So I decided what's something I can't really teach myself, but I'm also interested in. And that was languages and French. So I never really wanted to be a French teacher or anything like that. But my, my dream was to combine my love of technology and computers with French and with languages. So I thought, how do I do that? I'll work for a big company and I'll work internationally and and that kind of thing. Funny enough, I ended up achieving that dream pretty early in my life. So my last year of college, I lived in France for two years and then I ended up working for GE Energy that last year. And so all summer I was in Belfort, France, and I was working on this big IT project. And so every day I would go to work and all my colleagues were French and everything that we did was in French. And it was awesome. And at the end of the summer, it was like, wow, I did it. But then at the same time, there was this letdown. There was this disappointment of like, I achieved the dream that I thought I wanted to do with the rest of my career. And then I realized this is not at all what I want to do with the rest of my life. So the other thing that I had kind of remembered about myself is I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. That's one of the things that drew me to the internet. And so I started a marketing agency doing digital marketing. And I feel like digital marketing is this beautiful combination between entrepreneurship and technology because you're looking at problems and how to communicate them and how to find people and how to create value. So I did that for a while and the agency life can be great and it can also be super hard and cause a lot of burnout. felt like I was on a mouse wheel for a long time. And after doing that for about 10 years, realized that's also not what I want to do with the rest of my life. So a client ended up giving me an offer that was too good to refuse. And that offer was, hey, you're great at digital marketing and technology and all of this stuff, business. We are a bunch of doctors and radiologists. We have the best content in the world, but we don't know how to share it. And we want to build an online course. Can you help us build this online course? We'll give you all the content. We'll give you some funding. We'll give you free reign. And you can just, you know, can you make that successful? So I took that offer and said, absolutely. And I was looking for a change. I was looking for a switch from services into online products. And so this was the perfect way to start doing that. 
So I ended up building an online course in the radiology space, and it was a total trial by fire experience. Learned a lot about, yeah, building online businesses and online courses. We were on Teachable at the time. We pushed Teachable to its limits. We just had all these ideas and we customized it and customized it. From there, I ended up just working with lots and lots of course creators. So I ended up leaving that job. We grew that to from absolutely zero. I set the business model and ended up growing it to over a million dollars a year in about 18 months. And when I left, they were doing over $2 million a year. And then I ended up going kind of back into the consulting world. And I just started working with lots and lots of course creators. And I, I loved that model. And, and I loved courses because courses have absolutely changed my life and transformed my life. Because like I said, my, my education is, is in French, something that I don't use at all. So I've had to fill in a lot of gaps on my own. And I did that through online courses. And so I'm a total believer in being able to level up your skills by doing that and then working with other course creators and helping them share their wisdom and experience with the world was something that I've just been super passionate about. I love that. It's so fun to hear people's journeys, like to where, how they get into community in particular. And just like the, I think we all do that thing where we're like, I know what I want to do. And then you do it and you're like a little disillusioned. And it's like, oh. <laughs> so walk us through, you You know, you kind of found your way there. Now you are the circle expert, as you see on your Twitter. You know, you have your own course about community powered courses and you've just really found this niche. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of like get to that very specific place on the internet? Yeah. So when working with all of these creators, these, these course creators, and even when I was building that course, one of the biggest challenges with online courses, especially the, the old school model that I call it, or the self-paced model is they're just not very effective at creating transformation and change. They have an abysmal completion rate. And so if you don't complete the course or you know the majority of the course, you're not going to get what you're looking for out of it. And the problem is, is that they are information-based and information-heavy. And these days, we just don't need any more information. Most people kind of know what they need to do. They might be missing a few little details here and there. But really, the value these days comes in the implementation. And that's where all of the challenges. And so I just found that this model, I had used it and I was able to successfully implement a lot of the things I had learned. But I think I'm in the, min the minority in a lot of cases. Like most courses have, you know, under 10% completion or success rate, which means the vast, vast majority of people are buying these courses and they're not really using them. They're not getting the value. I know I have a bunch of courses sitting on my digital shelf, just collecting dust that I thought, oh, this would be interesting. You know, I should learn this thing. And I just never got around to doing it. A few years ago, actually, when I was doing the radiology course, I ended up hiring a teachable expert to help us customize our course. And that person ended up being Rudy Santino. And if you know Rudy, he's now one of the co-founders of Circle. So this is how the connection goes back. And what Circle really discovered early on was courses are great. Information is great, but it's all about the community. And it's all about the journey, the shared experience that we're all on. So that when you're showing up, it's not you sitting in your room all alone by yourself watching these videos and feeling totally isolated. That's just a terrible learning experience. The way to do it is with other people, with support, 
with feedback, with motivation, with inspiration, and you feel like you're in a tribe, you're in this, this collective group. So they, they identified that somewhat early on and have gone really hard after that. And after working with so many course creators, I really felt strongly that they were right and that they are leading the next wave of online education and coaching and training, which now we're calling community powered courses. So that's kind of how, how I arrived here. And so I've really been helping people transform those old school courses into these new, engaging, interactive, community-powered courses. I think it's so important to talk about, you know, the thing no one really wants to talk about, which is course completion rates. You I, And I think you're generous with 10%. I've been on a deep dive, like tr- looking at academic papers and just like, is there a like definitive percentage? And it depending, you know, 5% to 15% completion rate seems to be the, I can't get any more specific than that in anything I've found. The courses you go and you do yourself, there's no accountability other than your own personal, like however you're intrinsically motivated, which I mean, I've also found out that I'm not. So, you know, you get hopped up on the marketing or like the the bonuses you'll get if you buy by this day. And then because you have lifetime access, because whatever, you're like, cool. And then maybe you look at a little bit of it and you're like, oh, I actually have to do work. And then that's it. Right. And it, it's just it's one of those things where I think a lot of consumers are kind of like, ooh, I won't talk about this. But if you ever ask anyone, like, how many online courses do you own that you have never finished? Like, everyone's like, oh, so many. It's kind of like the question of like, how many domains do you own? Like, everyone has a handful, at least, <laughs> you know. But then on the on the flip side, it's the the people creating the courses. Like, nobody wants to sit and watch a master class anymore. I don't want to sit and watch video for hours of just someone looking at a camera talking to me. And so it's really, it's just changing the expectation because the market is so saturated, like to get people to choose your course, to choose your experience, it has to be an actual experience. Absolutely. No question. It was just a diatribe of No, I mean, I think think (laughs) it's really important to understand how things have changed since the early days of online courses. Because I think back to... uh, Frank Kern is someone that always comes to mind, these early internet marketing guys, because it was like the wild, wild west, right? Like anyone can build a course and you can make millions of dollars and you just put it all out there. And one of the things that they used to demonstrate their value was how many hours of videos you're going to get. So it's like, they're like, we're going to slam this huge stack of videos on your desk. Look how impressive that is. You're going to get 40 hours of content. Who has time to go through 40 hours of content? I'm like, can you show me how to do this whole thing in two hours? Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you just pointed out a huge differentiator in today's because you're like, how, how do you get someone to buy your course instead of someone else's course? And now people don't want more information. They want a shortcut. How can I get there as fast as possible? Don't make me watch 40 hours of video. Can we get there in a week or two weeks? And does that look like maybe three live sessions, right? Something like that. And the biggest differentiator is back then they were trying to differentiate their course by how much content you were going to get, but that's not what people actually want these days. So what they want is they want access to the course creator, to the expert. They want to be able to ask questions. They want to get actual feedback. They want to get help and support. 
And there wasn't a great model to do that until recently. There just weren't the tools, right? Are you just going to email this person back and forth? And that doesn't really work because you're still in that one-on-one type of you're all by yourself model. And so now being able to do it inside of a community where the expert is able to actually serve a hundred people or a thousand people all at the same time. And it almost doesn't take that much more time on their part. As the community grows, sure, there's going to be you know more work to do, but it's not like every student is active every day all at the same time. There's still going to be that 80-20 effect of some people are active and other people are doing something else right now, but they're they're on this collective shared journey with you. So someone might ask a question and then the the course creator answers it and that answer then benefits a hundred other people who had that same question so it didn't actually take any more time and i think when you're able to say that you're going to get access to me on a regular basis i'm going to actually look at some of your work and give you feedback that's hugely valuable because a lot of these people would say you know yeah we can get on a one-on-one call for a thousand bucks an hour but not a lot of people would take them up on that so when you have this community powered course model, you're able to do so much more at scale and offer something that is really scarce, which is getting actual access and feedback from that person. I'm curious what you think about what's the difference between what we would, you know, you would call a community powered course versus a cohort based course. Like, is there a nuance between those to you? That's a great question. So I think there's a lot of confusion around this too. And there's all these acronyms flying around and all these so many new, acronyms. <laughs> so CBCs and CPCs and MOOCs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when I always have to look up, I'm like, wait a minute, this sounds like a weird, like, I don't like this word because it kind of sounds like a hate crime or something. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but I'm like, there's something about this word I really don't like. But then I always have to look it up. I'm like massive online course sales. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the cohort based courses, the main difference is that they start at a certain date and end on a certain date. And they're typically something like four or eight weeks long, very structured. We're going to have calls three times a week and each week is going to be like a module and that kind of thing. And I think of them as a sprint, whereas the community powered courses, they're more like an evergreen model where there are live events and there's a, a rhythm and a routine inside of the community, but you can kind of join at any time. And a lot of times the cohort based courses, they're all delivered live and you show up to all of the Zoom calls and that's how you're getting all of the information and the interaction. Sometimes there's a community component to cohort-based courses, but other times there's not. And it's just the live calls is where all of the interaction and engagement happens. So on the community-powered course side, you have the community as the foundation. That's the home where everyone is living all day, every day. Then a lot of times there's a pre-recorded course inside of it. So there's content that you can go through self-paced as soon as you join and you can start learning as you're waiting for the the live call schedule to roll around. So maybe there's Q&As happening every Wednesday. There might be coaching sessions on Mondays and Fridays. And it's just more of um, an organic kind of living evergreen environment. I was partially asking that to see if what I think community powered courses is the same as what you think, because I feel like you have a, you know, pretty strong grasp and yay, we are aligned, (laughs) which, you know, 
whatever. And like, if we weren't, that's okay too. But yeah, this is new territory. Everybody yeah. has a different opinion and, and vision and understanding. And I'm sure it's going to continue to change and evolve. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, and, and as community builders, I think we naturally, we, we like to talk to each other and say like, oh, well, I tried this and it worked or this was a flop and we'll figure it out together. Just like what, what works best. And we'll figure it out with our communities because, you know, as they're going through the things we design, we'll see where the blocks are and, and whatnot. Absolutely. That's actually one of the biggest shifts or differences that I see in building community powered courses versus building the old school courses. So that shift is, is what you just described is we're going to try things and some of them are going to flop and that's okay. Then we're going to try other things and they're going to work really well. And in this type of environment, that is really effective because it's live and people you, you're, you're sharing with people through transparency, like, Hey, I'm trying to build the best program that meets all of our needs. I can't know what all of those things are going to be up front because the world is constantly spinning and changing. So there might be needs that pop up next month that weren't here today. So I'm going to have to adjust how I'm running and delivering this program. And in the old school method, it's like the waterfall of, of technology design where you have to build the entire thing up front. It has to be 100% done, right? You have to build the whole skyscraper before you let anyone inside of it. And then you release it and you hope that it's perfect. You hope it's exactly what they needed and wanted. And you hope that you don't get the reaction of, nah, like that's not, that's not what it, I wanted. That's not for me. Because then you just wasted a ton of time and energy and money. And that's a really risky way of doing things. And so this new model with community powered courses, I love it because it's so much faster to launch. You really launch with a vision, a transformation statement and saying, this is the journey that I'm going to be taking people on. If you're interested in that and you want to come along on this journey, then join today. And there doesn't have to be a whole lot of stuff inside when you join, because again, nobody wants the 40 hours of videos on day one. As soon as I join, you, you literally can't even go through it. So if you were to say, I'm going to release two hours of content every single week as part of the program, plus I'm going to be live two or three times a week, and I'm going to be in the community where we're going to be able to talk back and forth asynchronously. You're going to ask questions. I'm going to respond. I'm also going to give you guys some you know, interesting prompts or ideas or resources to look at. It's this ongoing thing where it's not overwhelming. And you might find out that you thought Q&A is what everybody wanted. And actually, they want something more like coffee chats and hangouts. Because one of the things that was not possible in the old school method was creating connection between all of the students and participants going through. And I'm continuously amazed inside of my own community that people really want connection. Like it sounds so obvious, but as human beings, that's one of the things that we value the most. And in this solopreneur world and online creator world, it can be super lonely. Like nobody understands what I do. I sit in my room all day on my computer. My parents don't get it. They're like, you're just making YouTube videos. And so it's actually really nice to have an hour a week and show up with a bunch of other people that are in that exact same situation and sharing wins and sharing challenges and pain and confusions and all of that stuff so that you're like, hey, all these people get me. These are my people. I think one of my favorite things about that, because, you know, we similar with our communities is when someone has a problem and 
immediately someone else in the community knows how to fix it and jumps on and helps. And so something, you know, it's so it's like everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. We all do. But you feel safe. You're in an environment where you feel safe to be like, I can't figure this thing out. Does anybody have any ideas? And nine times out of 10, someone not only has an idea, but they've gone through it before and they just have the answer. And just the amount of like support, like peer support, member support that happens and the acceleration of problem solving because of that, it's one of my favorite things to see in community. And especially with this type of model where it's courses, but it's this dynamic, engaging thing alongside community, it's just magic because people are, you know, if, if a couple of people are kind of working on the same thing, like we have this group going through what we're calling accelerators with one of our courses about email marketing, email marketing magic. And so the fact that people are kind of in the same It's kind of that sprint model, like they're working on generally the same things at the same time, but asynchronously, but then they can come together and someone can be like, Hey, I'm trying to get this thing in convert kit to work like the lead magnet and the segment, you know, all of that stuff that to me is just like, Oh, you know, (laughs) not my jam. And the fact that someone else might be like, Oh, I just, I just tried that. And this is how I did it. And then the person's like, okay, cool. And then they're talking about like, Oh, well, you know, how are you doing your titles or, you know, whatever. And just this, the collaboration to your point, it's like, you don't work at a company where you can have that with like a team. It's almost like your solopreneur team is this peer group. It's really great. And the listeners won't be able to see the smile on my face, but as you were describing that, literally I was like, it's like magic. And then you said it. Mm -hmm. And so it is an incredible feeling as the community owner or the course creator to get a notification, like this person has a question. So you click on it, you go in the community and someone else has already answered it for you. Like what? They're expecting me to do all the work and me to answer all the questions, right? Like you feel like you have this huge responsibility and burden that everybody wants you. And people coming from a coaching background where maybe they were doing the one-on-one coaching. Yeah, it's all on you. You have to have all the answers. You got to know everything. You got to have a good response. And there's nobody else that's going to jump in and do your work for you, so to speak. But in this model, it's incredible how you get this collaboration and you get this serendipity where everyone is like, hey, we're all in the same boat here. We're all doing the same thing. We're going to help each other out because we all want each other to win. And like you described, it's this private, safe space where we can be really open, really vulnerable, and it creates just this incredible connection between all of the members. And every time I see it, it just, it always puts a smile on my face. Something I've been thinking about a lot that I love (laughs) is this model. Cause we've, you know, at SVI, we've done it all. We've done, you know, we have evergreen courses. That's always been kind of a signature thing. Last year we played around with cohort based courses. And then this year was, you know, I was kind of like, we need something that's in between these because the evergreen courses, as we know, there's no accountability. So people will get really excited because their marketing is good and buy things. But then if, if they're not going through the program, even though we have the money, I'm like, no, I don't like this. If people aren't going through it, like we need to do something. And then with cohort based courses, they're amazing, but they take a lot of work and they require a lot of commitment from the people doing them. And then with all that comes like a pretty high price tag, right? Because you have a lot of, there's a lot of labor involved and then you're limited to people who can align with the schedule you have set. 
And a lot of people have full-time jobs or they're students or they have kids or whatever, right? And Or they live in a different country and it's 3 a.m. for them. And so it just doesn't, like it works and they're great, don't get me wrong. But there was just, I just had this, especially for who our customers are. I had this kind of like, ah, we need something that solves for more people. And that's where community power courses kind of came. And I thought I'd like invented something. And then I was like, wait, other people are doing this. And I think we're all doing it in our in our own ways, right? Like there's going to be little details, but but I think it's great to figure out a way to make things more accessible to more people and then also have that accountability piece built in. Because I think that's the big part that's missing. You see a lot of accountability in cohort-based courses because people pay a lot of money and it's like, it's from this day to this day and then it's over. And so, yeah, creating this kind of middle ground, I think one helps more people. Geography becomes less important time zones become less important, but you still have that accountability. I'd love to hear your thoughts on community powered courses and the accountability piece, but also then the the completion. And when I say completion, it doesn't always have to be like, oh, you got hundred percent through this curriculum because circle says you did it. It's like the mastery, right? Like the skill mastery is the ultimate goal. Yeah. And I think you described that really well, that each one of these vehicles, they're all just vehicles to deliver that value or deliver the information or the transformation. And each one has pros and cons, right? So the do-it-yourself self-paced courses are typically pretty cheap. They started off in the early days, really, really expensive. And nowadays it's like, what? You want me to pay $4,000 to watch a bunch of videos by myself? No way. And so now, now I'm going to pass on that. So Now we see it's almost a race to the bottom, no matter how good your information is, how much, how good the content or how much content you're going to struggle to charge more than a couple hundred dollars. Right. And you see a lot of people, it's like, here's my $25 course. And if that's your business, it takes a lot of course sales to to make your world go around. Right. And it's really hard to get a lot of customers and no matter what business that you're in. So that model's not great. And we know that the success rate is not great on those. And then, like you said, on the cohort-based model, super high accountability. You're on Zoom with people for, I don't know, 40 hours sometimes by the end. So it's really, really high touch, but typically very expensive. So most of them like start at maybe $1,000 and go to $5,000, even maybe $10,000 or more, depending on what the transformation is. Yeah. And I was... I was on a couple cohort-based courses recently. They were kind of hybrids of of community-based course. So one was Rite of Passage and a phenomenal course. But I had this surprise trip come up unexpectedly and I ended up going to Europe for a week. And that really threw a wrench in that cohort-based course for me. So I ended up missing like a week and a half of the live events because they were way too late. And I was busy being in Europe and doing that whole thing. And then I'm like, oh, I'm super behind and it's too hard to catch up. So I got value out of it, but that was unexpected. So they're very rigid, right? Like it doesn't take in account life and the unexpectedness that might happen. And that's really why I love the, the CPC model, the, the community courses, because I feel like they're the best of both worlds. They're flexible. You're typically in it for like, let's say a year, you get access to the community, you get access to the recordings, and you get access to the live coaching and live calls. And then you can choose the season that you're in. Maybe you want to go really hard for a couple of months and attend all of the calls and be really active. And then things might change where that's not as much of a priority, but then you can always follow up a few months later and get reintegrated. It's more of a longer term 
participation and, and involvement. And I feel like you know, typically the prices are somewhere in the middle between the really high cohort-based and then the really low self-paced. It's a, just a fascinating model that that a lot of people are, are moving to. I'm curious. So you mentioned like pricing structure. Is that what you recommend for people getting into this, like annual membership pricing? Yeah, I don't think monthly works very well in this world. A lot of people are scared to charge more. So they're like, I want my thing to be $99 a month, but they still have this expectation that it's going to take the student or the customer a long time to get the transformation on the other side. And I'm like, okay, so how long do you think it's going to take? And they they might say, oh, probably six to 12 months. It's like, okay, so then why don't you just charge for six months or, or 12 months? Because what's happening is with a monthly pricing, you're essentially reminding that person every single month that they're being charged and you're having them make 12 decisions. If they're going to stick around for a year, it's like, do I still want this? Do I still want this? Am I still getting value from this? Instead of just having them make one decision on day one, is this the outcome that you want? Is this the transformation that you want? And do you believe that me and my program can help you get there? And if the answer is yes, then let's commit and sign up and get on that journey. And there might be some months where you're not super active and others where you're very highly active, but you're going to get the value out of it. If we can get you to that end goal and you're going to put in the time and the work, then it's going to be more than worth it for you. So I feel like that's the best model from a business standpoint for that creator to get the value out of all of the time and effort that they're putting in to build that community and all of that content. And I think it's just simple on the customer side as well. Just have them make one decision. I totally agree. It's funny. I was just on a call yesterday where people, you know, it was like an AMA. People could ask me questions about community. And someone asked why we didn't do monthly subscriptions for our communities. And I was, and, you know, I was like, because it's a pain. It's 12 transactions instead of one. But also people's cards change a lot. I had no idea until I had a membership I was running. It seemed like every month, at least one person, either, you know, they, they'd canceled that card and got a new one or whatever it was, or they forgot which card they had attached to what, and then it didn't work. And this was before a circle had their native paywall. It's much easier now because now customers can just, you know, members can just go in and manage their own cards and whatnot. But yeah, it was amazing how many people that maybe just are, you know, for whatever reason, their card was declined. And then they got removed and then they're like, oh my gosh, did you kick me out? Did I break a rule? And so we go look them up in Stripe and it's just like, no, it looks like your card just expired. You didn't update it. And then we have to add them back in and like the amount of time that takes on our end. So I always recommend like, eh, I would do less, like have less transaction points. Also, anytime, you know, there's just things happen and then you're paying all these transaction fees and when you don't need to be And anyways. I agree. And I think it makes sense to have people commit, you know, that was another reason we switched to quarterly and with our pro memberships in particular, we want people to commit for a quarter because we know it's overwhelming when they join. We really just kind of ask them to trust us in this, that like, Hey, the first month is you're just figuring out the lay of the land. You need to give it a quarter to get matched in a mastermind group to kind of find your people. Like it's going to take, it's not an overnight thing. And so we try to be pretty clear about that, but that is part of why we've gone to quarterly and that makes sense. That makes sense with CPCs. Now I just want to be like, you know, a CPC, <laughs> if you hopefully are old enough to know that reference, it's a song, everybody you're down with OPP. It's not even nature. Okay. Anyways, homework, everyone that didn't get the reference. I'm aging myself. 
<laughs> interview over. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense to, from the, you know, the customer experience, the community experience side, really set it up as like, there is a commitment when you join this and the minimum commitment is six months, a year, whatever, because you can't get that outcome in a month. You just can't. Exactly. And it's okay. It's okay, right? Because everyone's going to be at a slightly different part of their journey when they join. So some really newbie beginner type people that are just getting started, there's a lot to learn. And then there's also a lot to do. There's a lot to implement and execute. Like you were saying, set up convert kit and do all the automations and all the triggers. That might take someone a day who really knows what they're doing and super comfortable and savvy with that. That could take another person a month because it's the first time that they've ever tried to build a system like that and understand it. Right. And so yeah, it's like getting them to commit to the end goal and realizing some people are going to go faster and some people are going to go slower. But our goal is that we're going to help you get to your finish line, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And make some friends along the way, right? Because that's the, right. You got that community part built in. Now you got a peer network where you can ask those questions that your family does not understand. Because they're like, now what do you do again? <laughs> that's right. And the funny thing is, is so many people have made some of their best friends on the internet, right? And it's not that weird anymore to be like, I met this person on the internet and they're going to come meet me in real life. Like 20 years ago, you know, your parents would be like, they're going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, So creepy. And maybe they would, you know, but like now it's, (laughs) I feel a lot safer now. (laughs) Yeah. And, And when you're in these private communities with people for a while, you see them, you connect with them, you're in DMs, you're in live calls, you respond to each other, you really form real connections. And it's based on common interests and commonalities that, you know, in the, in the olden days, you're supposed to like know all your neighbors and that's your whole friend group and community group. And it's like, maybe we really don't have anything in common with our neighbors anymore. We work in completely different ways. Some people work online, some people work in, you know, in retail or in factories or whatever it is. And it's just like, there's not a whole lot of shared ground there. But when we find these, these sacred spaces online where it's like, wow, these people understand exactly what I'm going through. They're going through the same things themselves. And it doesn't matter that they live on the other side of the country or the other side of the world. This is someone who you really form a real connection and bond with. And so it kind of ticks all of the boxes. You get the the development, the learning, and also just the human connection and, and friendship and camaraderie. So they can be very powerful. And I think that's something that a lot of maybe first-time creators or, or community builders they they don't necessarily push on the value a lot of is that you're going to make some amazing connections and friendships. It's not like something you can guarantee or force, but you're creating this container. And a lot of times this beautiful serendipity happens where all of these relationships are formed and created. And it's a beautiful byproduct of what you have created as the, the owner or the founder. It's so true. I do just want to throw out there, don't anybody come, come for me or sue me. Like, Definitely use common sense when meeting internet friends in real life. <laughs> Don't be meeting your Craigslist friends, okay? We're talking a very different thing. <laughs> very different. This is not missed connections on Craigslist, which is another major throwback. That one I feel like you got. Maybe not the song. Okay. This is a great time to switch it up to our rapid fire 
round. Actually, before we do that, before we do that, I want everyone to know about your course, because if anybody is like, um, that sounds great, but I don't know where to start. You do know where to start and you bring people through it. So let's plug what you got going on right now, because I think people should know about this. All right. So I have been helping course creators get onto Circle for the last two years or so, even long before there was any actual course features on Circle. So if you aren't aware, Circle recently announced their full-fledged LMS, their course features. So they are a course platform now, as well as a community platform, and just have an amazing vision and roadmap for where they're going to take things. So it's going to keep getting better and better. But to kind of celebrate the official launch of Circle Courses, I built a course called Build a Community-Powered Course. And it happens to be on Circle. And it's a super meta, meta, meta course where I take people through the journey of what's the difference? How do you transition maybe an old school course? Or if you're just starting out from scratch, what's the right way to go about building a community-powered course? So there's strategy involved. We talk about things like business model and pricing, but then there's also the tech side because that can be a really big hurdle and challenge, right? If you don't have the right tech setup, it's going to be confusing and it's going to cause friction and it's going to just kill your engagement. And that's been the problem all along when people are like, my course is over here and my community is over there on Facebook or Slack. Like That's a terrible formula for engagement and success. My course takes you through A to Z, how to build a CPC on Circle. And we go through all of the best practices that I've learned from working with top creators on Circle, things like onboarding and automations and all of the different settings and paywalls and all of that cool stuff. And it's a work in progress. So you're not going to have 40 hours of videos to watch when you sign up. There's some pre-recorded stuff there. And then there's community discussions, there's live calls, there's Q&A and support and all that great stuff. And a bunch of people just like you in there. I love that too. We kind of like build in public as well. So I appreciate that just by being a member of this course, you get that community experience of what it will be like for your members once you launch your course. So I think you get this kind of just deep appreciation for little details that you might otherwise not have. And you have a support network for when you're like, you know, launching your community powered course. Exactly. Meta. So where can people find that? Yeah. So that's at growthcommunity.co. And you'll find a bunch of things there. I also offer a done for you service for people that are like, I don't know, that sounds like a lot. I'm just busy. Can you do it all for me? Yes, we can. But if you want to learn how to do it yourself, you can join our coaching community and we've got links all over the website you can find. Yeah. It's a great website. I've been secretly looking at it in the background. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Now we're going to do the rapid fire. I wanted to make sure we talked about the course because I get excited in rapid fire and I would feel bad if I forgot. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. Get a little, just stretch it out. You know, there are no wrong answers. So I'll ask you a question. It's kind of like first thing that comes to mind response, hence rapid fire. Short answers. Short answers. All right. And I'll do my best to not ask follow-up questions, even though I want to. Because people always say something. I'm like, wait, we can't not address this. So we'll see how it goes. Fortunately, there are no actual rules. So, you know, we do what we want. All right. Jordan, when you and I think I might know this. Jordan, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I don't think you know this. Oh, good. Even better. (laughs) An astronaut. 
Nice. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> How do you define community? Wow, that's actually a hard one. The hardest easy question you'll ever be asked. Yeah. <laughs> a place with people like you on a similar journey that support, motivate, and inspire you. What is something on your bucket list that you have done? Been to Africa. I lived in Africa for two weeks with an African family in college. It was amazing. That is amazing. When you say Africa, where in Africa? It was in Ouagadougou, Burkina Faso. Yeah. I had the same... When I found out I was going there, I'm like, what? Where? I will have to consult a map after this, but that's amazing. It was West Africa, French West Africa. It was incredible. I can, yeah, I can only imagine. Okay. Flip question. What is something on that same bucket list that you have not yet done? I think it would be a cool milestone to have my company generate $1 million a year in revenue. That would be a baller goal. What is a book you just love and think everyone should read or just think is great? Doesn't matter if it's fiction or nonfiction. It's the book that I'm finishing right now. It's called You Are a Badass at Making Money Ooh. by Jen Zero. It is so good. And it's all about money mindset. And money is this thing that everyone has an opinion and an emotion about, whether it's good or it's bad or you're greedy or it's evil. But it is a great mindset book. Can't recommend it enough. Say the name again. You're a badass at money. You're a badass at making money. At making money. All right. Add to the list. You actually already live somewhere amazing. And I'll let you tell the audience that one. But if you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you live? So I live in Querétaro, Mexico, and it is amazing. But the next place that I would want to live would be Amsterdam. Mm. Very different. Straight to Amsterdam. Yeah, that, that's yeah, <laughs> a world of difference. Yeah. One of my favorite cities in the world. I think I've been six times now. And every time there I'm there, it's just magical. I have never been. And it's funny how like the, see, I'm breaking my own rules and I'd love to go, but it's funny how like the reputation of Amsterdam as I get older, like changes because when you're younger, everyone's like, you go to Amsterdam to party. Right. And it's like, oh, like there are no rules. It's crazy. And then now when I talk to people and they say they're going to Amsterdam, it's never, well, and I could be wrong, but like, it's never about partying. It's about all the other things. And it's just funny to me how it just, it's constantly a, a place people love, but for such different reasons. Yeah. It's, it's funny how it has that stereotype and connotation. And I don't even think about that anymore because uh, I'm not too much of a party guy, but the party is really contained in the very hyper center. And every time I go, I find myself getting farther and farther away from the center and it just keeps getting better and better and better. So I love being in the kind of local neighborhoods and the vibe is just amazing. Yeah, that's exactly like, and, and even when it was, when I was younger, people were like going to Amsterdam. I'm like, I'm good. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I feel like this is like a weird, this is going to become a, like a tragic movie, you know, like, I don't, I'm good with that, not doing that. And now I'm like, Ooh, Amsterdam. <laughs> you definitely got it to go. Yeah. Okay. Final question. How do you want to be remembered? Wow. That is a good one. I want to be remembered as someone who loved his family very well, lived in integrity with myself and doing the things that I say that I'm going to do and being brave and bold and courageous 
to break through any challenges or beliefs or fears or limitations that might have held me back. I love it. It's so thoughtful. Oh, this has been so fun. I think you're going to have to come back and we're going to have to like talk about community powered courses again, as this becomes more of a norm and just like lessons learned and things that we, you know, all just, we can both like report out on like how it's going. (laughs) This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Tell our audience where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah. So I hang out on Twitter at Jordan Godby. I'm also on LinkedIn a bit, also Jordan Godby, and my site, growthcommunity.co. And I just released a free course for anyone who's interested in Circle. It's our Circle Quick Start course, where we will show you if Circle is the right fit for you and also help you get started with a lot of the basics. Where do people find that? At your website? Yeah, at growthcommunity.co, and you'll find it there too. Excellent. That's awesome. Jordan, thank you so much for being here today. This was a blast. Thank you. I'll send you some music links. Yes. You know, like after the fact, you'll understand my joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you will understand this. (laughs) Awesome. And that's the interview. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Like genuinely, that was one of my favorite conversations I've had. And then I found out at the end, hot goss, that was Jordan's first podcast guesting experience. You would never know. So hopefully you hear him on some other shows. If you have a show, you should invite Jordan to come talk because he knows his stuff. Hopefully somebody out there listened to hip hop in the 90s and thought my joke was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, because it was just kidding. So that's the episode. I'll leave you with that. I hope you found value in that. Come check out Jordan's course. Come check out our all access pass. If you want to see how we're doing this community powered course thing. And yeah, I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Jordan is at Jordan Godby on Twitter and on the interwebs, that's G-O-D-B-E-Y. And of course, you can always find him over on his website, growthcommunity.co, or look him up on LinkedIn. Your lead host for the community experience is me, Jillian Benbow. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our senior producer is David Grabowski. And our editor is Paul Gregoris. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Theme music by David Grabowski. See you next Tuesday.